it. Very cool. So thanks everybody for joining us on this. Uh, this is our last Wednesday in June together. Last Wednesday in June. Hopefully everybody's having a great, great um, summer, being able to execute at a higher level. It looks like uh, Diane saw uh, loggerheads on the Outer Banks, which is cool. So yeah, it's always neat um, to be able to uh, catch them. Uh, so hopefully everybody's doing real well with their planning um, and, and they uh, have some clarity. And I'm wondering if anybody took the time to listen to the lesson that I shared last week about the cruel summer, right? Summertime supposed to be built for um, tweaking, right? And weeding, not, not full-blown deep planting of new crops. Uh, but it seems like that's kind of what we're doing right now. Uh, for sure. So I would love either you can unmute yourself or in the chat box. Uh, what is something you want to make sure in this last um, session we have together uh, in June to make sure you have some clarity on? Tracy Riddle's with us, so um, she'll be able to participate by chat box, but she also always has some really great information uh, for us and can clarify. Um, I am going to share um, a story and uh, some teaching. Uh, around what I think is the most important skill for um, exceptional children's directors and leaders. And so I will um, give some time here in the chat box to see if anybody has anything in particular. Um, what Tracy has announced, it's in the chat box, and I saw this earlier today, that the PRC funding numbers, right, uh, all the state funds, 121, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, and 29, all those fund codes, you have until December to spend now. So uh, that's probably good <laughs> that you have extended time to spend your money. So make sure that you spend it. And if you did not see that, um, if you did not see that announcement, you know, check in with whoever runs your finances and to make sure that they have clarity on what that, what that looks like. So um, yes, and Tracy shared that she one time also had a cruel summer because she did not include her team in planning. So yes, I, I felt the same way. So hopefully you listened to that lesson that I sent last week about my time um, sitting down on a floor with like 300 index cards trying to figure out the world uh, of, of, of my school, <laughs> of my scheduling thing. So uh, Tracy said yesterday was the last day to order state funds for this year. Uh oh, all right. Well, <laughs> hopefully you did that. If not, you can always beg for mercy. So awesome. All right. I'm going to share my screen. So I'm going to, um, so this past week here, this past week, um, I was talking to uh, a school leader who was really distraught about um, things happening with their exceptional children's programs. And so as she started to tell me the story of the challenge that the school was having, um, it became clear to me that it probably all could have been, um, it all probably could have been averted, avoided, if um, the EC director or EC teacher at the time would have been a better, uh, you know, better communicator. And so, as a consultant and a coach and a former principal and a former EC teacher, uh, communication is king. <laughs> if you're not a very effective communicator, you're gonna struggle. 
And what I mean by communicator is not just saying things. And it's not just um, writing things down for people to do. Communication occurs when uh, through, right, an end result or an action uh, or, you know, somebody, you know, moves to an action where you're sharing information where the other person clearly understands. Like there's so many phases to effective communication, but ultimately it has to connect, right? Like we communicate all day but we don't necessarily connect all day with our communication. Is that, give me an amen in the chat box if you hear me. Like there's just certain people that are really good at communicating and connecting. And then there's some people that just make noise. And so as this leader was talking me through the potential lawsuit that was coming and the, and, and the issues that were coming, you know, I just kind of thought about it. Well, what role has the teacher accepted in this problem? And they had it. Didn't seem like they were accepting any role in this problem. And so if you can think through any challenging thing in your life, right? Any challenging moment or anything that didn't go the way that you needed it to go, you could pretty much, I mean, if you are a little bit vulnerable, you can point back. And if you're honest with yourself, you can point back to a time where you either miscommunicated or didn't clarify communication or didn't ask a follow-up question that you should have. And therein lies the problem, right? Remember that assumptive leadership is the most dangerous leadership style that there is. And the single greatest problem in communication <laughs> is the assumption that it's actually occurred. That's important. And so as I heard this leader talk through like what her last couple of weeks have been with dealing with potential litigation and all the challenges, and I just asked, what is it that you think the parent wants? And they didn't have an answer. It's like, well, have you asked them? <laughs> what is it? That, what would, if six months from now, if we solved all of these problems, what would it look like? What would it feel like to you? What is that, you know, that you're really seeking here? And that hadn't been a conversation that the school had had yet with the parent and the parent was like bringing an army of advocates and all these people on board. I was like, Oh my gosh, like you've already crossed the, the line. Like the line is crossed. Like now it's going to be game on. It's going to be a super challenge. So it made me think about this um, from John Maxwell's everyone communicates few connect a couple of uh, principles, right? In order to connect with others, right? We have to forget ourselves. In order to connect with others, we have to forget ourselves, right? It's, it's not about us. But in this particular case, it sounded like it was really about the task, <laughs> the exceptional children's task, whatever the tasks were, right? A uh, student did achieve the goal or service delivery time was missed or, you know, whatever it is, there was just this litany of, 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 of things on this list that 
did not occur either from the school side or the parent side, right? They were both blaming each other. And it reminded me of another lawsuit uh, that I had been a part of this time as a board member, though, not as a, not as a consultant. And it was, you know, specifically that it was, it was just this litany of things that the, that the, that the mom, who was also a former employee, actually, she had this ongoing list of things that the school did not do over time. Now, she never communicated those where it connected until she wasn't working there anymore. <laughs> and then there was all sorts of things, right? So in order to connect with others, we have to forget ourselves. And at that point, it, it just became this massive conflict between people and tasks, between, you know, um, even though there was good intentions, I'm judging you on your results, right? So this, this is a skill that we can all learn, but it starts with our attitude. So I, so I think it's important, whether you're a principal on this call, an EC director on this call, or an EC teacher on this call, or, you know, Tracy's an EC consultant and, you know, support person. It starts with your attitude, your attitude in regards to what is it that we want the end result to be? And is my goal to be right? Or is my goal to, you know, get the right result, <laughs> do the right thing? And that's a, that's a struggle. I think that's a struggle because when you're dealing with exceptional children and you're dealing with all the federal laws and all the programs, like that line gets blurry at times. So Zig Ziglar said, if you first help people get what they want, they'll help you get what you want. And since we've started communicating as a team back in April, we've specifically talked about that, right? How do we become the olive branch? How do we really reach out to our, you know, parents that are, um, you know, struggling or at-risk students that are struggling or the uh, relational piece, right? Because we've been very focused on time and goal and task and service delivery, like, like the numbers part of it, but we're lacking the relational piece of it. And when you have the relational piece, it's easier, right, to have those really hard conversations. Because let's be honest, the reason why um, EC cases go to lawsuit is, is because of you hurt my feelings. <laughs> it's emotion, right? When people can't come to a consensus, when people can't come to a commitment, it's really because of um, hurt people hurt other people. <laughs> you know, I mean, so I want you to think on that. Right. If you help other people get that what they want, and it doesn't mean that you that you stretch your bounds of your rules. It means you have really clear expectations and really clear, you know, you know, really clear, you know, core values of how this is going to work from the from the front end. But why some people do not connect is is they place too much focus on themselves, right? Too much focus on the rule, right? You broke the rule or you hurt my feelings, or you made me angry, or you didn't follow through on your commitment, whatever it is, sometimes we place too much focus on ourselves and we can't see past that to be able to connect with people. And there's four specific things that we have to work on. One is our maturity level. Two is our ego. Three is the failure to value everybody. And four is insecurity. Okay, and we'll touch you know, base on each one of those. I wanna make sure we got some 
messages here in the chat box. Be kind, admit your mistakes. Yeah, that's that's a big one, right? Admit to where you're wrong when you're, you know, when you mess up, you gotta fess up. Cool. So maturity, this is an interesting piece, right? You know, people assume that they mature with age. And it's not true. You mature with acceptance of responsibility. So even though you may know that the parent didn't do what you needed the parent to do, <laughs> it's about putting that aside to get to the, to the best result. But this is hard for people, right? This is hard for people. But so the maturity is the ability to see and act on the behalf of others. We all know that human beings do their best. And honestly, they're all doing their best. I know that's hard to take sometimes, but everybody's doing their best. Everybody's parenting the best that they can. You're all teaching the best that you can. But again, remember, we judge ourselves on our intentions and we judge other people based upon their results. So what we have to do in order to connect is, is that we have to see things from the other person's point of view, right? So as I was walking this principle through this you know, challenge, I said, look, at the end of this, your number one job has to be to find the truth, right? Uh, you know, behind every complaint by this, you know, parent who's very emotional, there is truth. And it's your job to identify when, this, when did this go wrong? How did it go wrong? And how do we make sure it never happens again? And this is where the ego gets in the way of, of the people involved. And we need to be able to put our ego aside. Your ego is your enemy. And the most successful leaders, right, are ones that can admit when they're wrong. <laughs> some do it very late, some do it too early, some do it too often. The key is not making the same mistake twice, right? If you make the same mistake over and over again, you're probably not in the right position. If everything's always someone else's fault, guess what? You're the only common element. <laughs> It's about you, right? So you gotta, you know, you, you know, it's more than knowledge, right? Lesser the ego, lesser the knowledge, more the ego. It's it's really, really important to be able to put your ego aside here. I'm not gonna pull that one. Um, yeah, so I asked this leader this actual question here, this, you know, bottom tab, and this wasn't necessarily designed for you, I'm using it really for me, but, um, can you say, right, the organization that you lead is in the people business? I mean, you think about from a school's perspective, it is the people business. So how are you making your customers feel valued, right? As, a, as an exceptional children's department, you have to understand that the most important language is the language of the customer. And that is your, that is your students. It doesn't mean that you let them roll over you. It means that you have a way for them to feel heard. They have to feel heard. People are not gonna listen until they feel that they've been heard. And that's a critical part. And the only way to do that is to get off your own agenda and onto the other people's. So the failure to value everyone, right? There's three questions that every parent, every new teacher, every new student, every new relation in your life, and it happens very quickly. Do you care for me? Can you help me 
and can I trust you? These are the three things people are asking themselves. Do you care for me, right? Yesterday our garage door broke. We had a garage door guy come out. He may or may not have overcharged me, I don't know, but I felt like he cared that we would get it done today, right? He had the tools to be able to help me. And I trusted him to the point where I, you know, I left him alone in the house, right? Mainly because I valued that what he was going to do was going to bring value to us. Now, I could have gotten burnt. I don't know. But in an instant of a very short conversation, I felt as though he met these three criteria for me. Now, I'm a very trusting person. <laughs> I've been burnt before. And the key part is if, I, if he does burn me, then I just have to reflect and learn from it, right? And that's what you have to do as an EC director. Your people that you lead are not always going to perform at the level that you need them to. It's your job <laughs> to build leadership in them, is to help them see where they went wrong, right? Or how they can improve. And we'll talk about that um, in, our, in our master or our commun communication masterclass that's coming up in you know, July. And it's what I want to invite you all to. I want to, I want to keep this conversation going with the EC directors and bring more in from across the state to be able to, to really build a strong network of leadership at the exceptional children's level across North Carolina and maybe even um, you know, further. So the last point is insecurity, right? Insecure speakers, right? So insecure communicators, they're always seeking approval from the audience. And this is interesting. I want you to really think closely on this one. Yesterday we had uh, um, a long training and, 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 and we were talking about people who ask you low level questions. And so well, why do you think they're asking you those low, low level questions? And they said, for affirmation. <laughs> That's right. If people are insecure, people who ask low-level questions are seeking security. They're, they're seeking affirmation. And so that's a, that's a, that's a huge issue. If you're, if you're finding the people that you lead are asking low-level questions, that means that they're very unsure of themselves. And that would concern me in a, in when they're communicating to uh, parents. Right? So when they ask you those low-level questions, you just ask them a question back. When you ask me that, are you seeking affirmation or information? Because I feel like you know that answer. What do you think the answer is? Right? And then you have to take a look at yourself as a leader. What am I doing to create that insecurity? So what you don't want to do as a communicator and a connector is you do not, right, want to be constantly looking to seek approval because then you're just trying to impress people. And connectors, right, connectors are really good at, at you know, demonstrating their confidence in themselves and in their communication. Not necessarily, you know, look at me, I'm an expert. So you don't want to create this negative cycle of allowing for um, immaturity and insecurity and ego <laughs> to drive your team. Anytime someone has a complaint, 
it's your responsibility as the leader to identify the truth, right? Once you laugh it off, once you get over being angry or whatever the emotion is that you have, then you start digging in to what the truth is, right? So my favorite quote from this one, one particular chapter is, you can connect with others if you're willing to get off your own agenda, to think about others and try to understand who they are and what they want, right? So maybe as you're starting this new upcoming school year, whether you've got new students or you're returning students, I mean, this is, this is, this is the perfect question. When I was an exceptional children's teacher and I had a self-contained autism class, that was the first question that I asked parents. Now, I didn't know anything about this, you know, connecting with people, but I wanted to know, where do you see your child in five, 10 years? Remember, my kids were nonverbal mostly. Most of them were severely cognitively impaired, but I would ask them, where do you see your child in five years, 10 years, 20 years? And then I helped them, right? I specifically designed education and life skill sets around that, you know, what I could. And I knew it. I had an understanding of what their goals are. So that's a good way to start, right? So it'd be a great thing for your teachers to ask the families. And it'd be a great thing for you to ask your teachers if they're part of your direct reports. I love this. Uh, Diana Chavez says, I'll ask a parent, what is it they want? What is it that they ask for? What do they want? Most parents just, they just want more help for the kids. We often assume we know what they want. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I mean, assumption is, is assumptions really the enemy. I mean, assumption is your ego, you know, coming in uh, to play. So if you're connecting, you know, one-on-one with somebody, right? You know, you have to know what they value. You have to have an understanding of what it is they want, just like, you know, Diane shared. Like, what is it that they're seeking here, right? And you need to know why they value it. Why is it important to them, right? If you have kids, you understand, like, you know, you want, you want, your, kids, you want your kids to have the best education and, 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 you know, not everybody's really excited that their child has been labeled with a disability, right? They too, those, those you know, parents too probably have, you know, some issues here and be a really good listener i mean just ask a question and be quiet and just listen just listen uh let's see all right and then the other piece was Connecting goes beyond words, right? So one, connecting is about other people. And the second one was that it goes beyond words. And this means like, so think about this. When you were in college, remember there was like maybe multiple levels of a course offered and yet one class always got filled very fast and had a wait list. And maybe there was another professor that couldn't get their class filled, right? Or, or maybe there's two like singers that sing the same song, but you know, one of the two, like you just really love their version more than the other. Or maybe when you worked, like I remember when I worked at Pizza Hut, you know, uh, back when I was a kid, um, there was, there was, you know, some managers that I would easy, I would happily, you know, stay late for if they asked me, right? Or I would do the extra thing. And then there was ones that I was just like, nope, I, I showed up late and I was ready to leave early. The key that all those people had is they were better connectors. They were better relational people. Like you had that professor that like, it didn't, I didn't care what he taught. I just took all of his classes, right? He or she was, you know, they were just so fun and I enjoyed being in there and I enjoyed learning from them because they made learning fun because they made me feel important. 
So remember when we talk about you know, communication, there's, there's three components to face-to-face -face communication, right? The words we use, the tone of voice, and our body language. These three things. So I also want you to be thinking about virtually when we have our, um, you know, we'll have a virtual masterclass too about really learning how to connect. So as you're doing professional development with your team or having your, you know, collaborative team meetings, because we're going to have some remote you know, school, you know, coming up, you need to be able to connect virtually just as well as you uh, connect in person. It's no different, right? These three words, tone of voice, and body language. These are the three components of communication. Now, what's amazing is that body language is 55% of communication. 55%. The way we say it, our tone of voice is 38%. And the words that we use is only seven. So that means that over 90% of what, of what we communicate has nothing to do with the words that we actually use. Now, I want you to think about this. I want you to think about your best connectors, right? Or, you know, think about all the virtual meetings that you've uh, been a part of. Which ones, which ones seem to connect with you the best? Probably the ones that we're entertaining, right? The ones that you actually can make a connection with the person through the screen. The one that knew and understand how to, you know, fluctuate their tone of voice. It wasn't always the words that they used, it was how they said them, right? How they communicated them, how they connected them to you based upon what your interests are. Now then think through your EC meetings, right? Think through your IEP meetings. You know, think through the face-to-face -face conversations that teachers are having with students and teachers are having with teachers and teachers are having with parents. How well are they demonstrating a positive attitude through their body language, their tone of voice? Because that's 90% of communication. I mean, what do you think about that? Can you see it now? Can you picture it now? Like if I were to turn on the screen here, I don't know how many people have their camera up because I don't have everybody shut up. But, but you know, if I saw you, like if I was, like if I was sitting in a screen and I was constantly, you know, looking at my phone as one of the, uh, the uh, presenters, right? Or if I was, you know, fumbling around with something from, uh, from the beginning, like you lose interest. And it's critical, it's critical that when you connect with people, that you present presence. <laughs> I'm here for you. I'm listening for you. I'm interested in what you have to say. So what happens now, right, on the phone? So if we lose our body language, and you can't fully lose your body language because even when you're sitting and you're standing, it still you know, presents, right? If you've heard the smile and dial, what they teach um, you know, salespeople when they call you, right? When a salesperson calls you and it's like, you can hear like the operator kind of click over, right? Or you can hear the pause, or you can, you can tell that they're reading a script, right? That's very offsetting, right? It's very, very off-putting. I don't want to hear that. Like if someone's going to sell me something, you better be like right on point at the way and you better be relational, and you better like bring me into the conversation super fast. I don't care if you're trying to get money for you know saving all the puppies in the world. I don't want to hear it, right? I mean, think about that. It's instant. It's instant. 
So the way you start IEP meetings, the way you start one-on-one conversations or feedback sessions, the way that you present yourself as, as someone's bringing you a problem are all critical to the connection. Tracy said, I tend to cross my arms during meetings. So I might mention that at the beginning of the meetings as, you know, she does it so, you know, you know, she doesn't fidget, or I tend to nod my head when I'm listening. Also mentioned that I'm, I'm not nodding an affirmation. I'm just, <laughs> it's just well, it's walking into a meeting and everyone is on their phones or yeah, not uh, making eye contact. It's terrible, right? It's an instant communication and connection killer, the lack of presence. So if you don't have norms in your meetings, if you don't teach your teachers how to effectively connect with people, if they're not in some sort of communication masterclass, you know, specifically around, you know, learning how to engage online, you, they should be doing it right now, <laughs> right? Because there are certain people on your staff that are great at connecting with people and there are certain people who aren't. And it doesn't mean that they don't love other people or, you know, kids the same. It's just that one has learned how to connect and the other one is not. That's really the difference. When you think about your best teachers at your school principals, right? Or, you know, EC directors, your best teachers at your school, the ones that can always seem to get through to the child. That child seems to have less behaviors in your class, Miss Riddle. I wonder why that is. It's because she learned how to connect with kids. <laughs> that's, that's it. That's the only difference. I promise you. I promise, I promise, I promise. All right. So this is important to be, to be thinking through. In these components to a communication, right? When you've got thought, action, and emotion, right? Your thought are your words. Your action is your body language and your emotion is your tone of voice. So think about how much time and effort, right? How much time and effort we put in to a PowerPoint or an email, um, right? Or, you know, like a presentation, like you're preparing for the presentation and we spend all of this time putting thought and effort into the design of the PowerPoint or the structure of our sense. But I just told you that over 90% of the communication is gonna come through your emotion and your action. How much time do we spend practicing our tone of voice or our body language? I mean, do you guys pay close attention to your body language when you communicate? Does anybody do that? Does anybody have a ritual that they use to make sure that they're in a good frame? I've, I've, I've shared the story before about how I had a mirror. I had a mirror going out the door uh, because I was basically told that I was unapproachable, <laughs> that I was always red in the face and I always looked angry as a principal. So I had to look at myself, all right, whew, calm myself down, stretch my arms out do some heavy breathing exercises, make sure that, you know, my leaky face wasn't being shown. I greeted people with a smile. I learned to look people in the eye. I had to. 
because what my body was communicating was not the thought that I wanted to bring. I didn't know. I had no idea. And then I've learned over time, right, as, you know, as a trainer and a speaker, this is something that we go through a lot is about, you know, don't move around too much. Don't wave your arms all over the place. Make sure that you have, you know, good eye contact, you know, you know, like it's, it's the worst when you're on a virtual meeting and half the people like you see like a part of their head here, right. Or, or they're to the side or they're constantly looking over here. Like I never know where to look like there's, there's my camera, but I spend more time looking at myself. Right. So you don't want to look at yourself. You want to look at the camera because the camera is where you see me, right. From looking at the camera. We tend to look at ourselves. So maybe you could take the screen and put it underneath the camera. And there you go. Oh, there you go. Hey, look, it's so much easier. <laughs> Good chat's coming here. Let's see. Uh, yes, I try to pay attention because I'm told I have RBF. What's that? Tell me what RBF is, Dan. I, I work with high school OCS students. My body language is important to trust. But absolutely. I smile so I don't show my resting face. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's what it, oh, I got you. <laughs> I got you. I hear you. I got you. I got you. I got you. This is an adult program. It's okay. I, I get it now. My wife would have been able to, to, to nail that one, right? So, so I want you to really, really, you know, you know, think through that, right? So, so words matter, right? Words are critically important. The words we use, right? Because that's what's going to be heard, right? I'm going to hear the words. And so what I love to do is I love to take people's words and say, I want to make sure I heard you correctly, right? Here's what I heard you say, right? And when I bring their words back into them, that's creating a connection. Because when I bring their words back into them, they're like, oh, Tom's listening, right? So if a parent's going to bring me information say, I want to make sure that I have it straight because I want to make sure we get all the details correct, right? And I might, you know, repeat some of their words, right? Or even on the other side, everybody, right? Everybody gets to come in late. Not everybody, right? So, but your thought, it has to contain a piece of you. And so I would really, if you're going to be a, um, a presenter to your team, a professional developer, if you're going to really try to make points with your families, tell stories, right? Start capturing your stories now. Now, everybody on this call has lots of great stories, whether through your own personal growth or your professional growth or things that happen at your school. But never try to make a point without telling a story and never tell a story without making a point. When you start mastering your stories, your words are gonna come through at such a high level, right? Because people are gonna remember that. Like when, you know, when you're getting ready for your you know, teacher trainings you know, coming up, don't, don't vomit information on people, tell them stories and then relate it to whatever point that you're trying to get them to, it's critical. Um, you have to, you know, when you're, when you bring the emotional part into it, right, you have to remember when you get emotional, I, well, I'll speak for myself. When I get emotional, I lose IQ points, right? I, I don't always do the right thing. I say dumb stuff. Um, I get really like my ego jumps in the way and I have to know that about me. But if you want to really connect with people, you have to draw on the hearts of others, right? You have to reach for the heart before you'll reach for their hand, 
So knowing what they value and knowing why they value it and having a clear understanding of what they desire as the end, you're going to get such greater results than by just being black and white. Okay. I love this at the bottom here. People may hear your words, but they feel your attitude. And I'm sure that you've all been in a situation at a, at a store or a restaurant where someone just tried to just, you know, get you to, okay, we'll, you know, give you this. Well, that's not enough, right? I don't feel that's not a very sincere <laughs> reciprocity. So, uh, so connecting 101, the eyes are the windows, right? So making as much eye contact as you can. Okay. Um, ask questions, listen, and be present. And also understand your uh, boundaries. Uh, so if you're having one-on-one -on -one meetings um, and it's not an evaluative meeting, it's a coaching conversation or a collaborative conversation, remove any barriers out of the way, right? If you're you know, face to face in a room, get the, get the um, desk out of the way, get the computer out of the way. So if you're able to even have an office, I would have a separate space on the side to have those one-on-one -on -one conversations. Um, connecting in a group is very, very important. So as you're going to be preparing to lead your professional development sessions, right, you want to always set the example, right? So you got to look the part, act the part, uh, you know, be able to communicate uh, the part. Um, and, and, and you really want to um, make sure that your area <laughs> that you're teaching in uh, works. Um, it's interesting when I watch you know, speakers and trainers now professionally who get paid a lot of money to do what they do. Like, I love watching them prepare, right? I love watching them because they're, they practice the little things like Les Brown, which I think I brought Les Brown in once or twice here in this group, like he practices his laugh <laughs> or they practice their hand gestures or they practice the knocking or, or my mentor talked about how he practiced for 16 hours the first time that he met John Maxwell. He practiced introducing himself. Hey, John, uh, Paul Martinelli. Hey, John, Paul Martinelli. He said, I, I just walked around all day. Hey, John, Paul Martinelli. Because he knew that he needed to be sharp as a tack, but also sincere. Hey, John, Paul Martinelli, right? And whatever it is, these, these folks, like they practice this visually setting the example. So it's important as professionals, like you are professional developers, you are leaders. The number one job of a leader is to develop other leaders. So part of your developing of other leaders is, is to teach them. But nobody's going to listen to what you have to say until you connect with them, okay? So smile, right? Pregnant pauses, intentional pauses. Watch your facial emotions, right? Work with the audience, do what you gotta do. So those, so those, those, two, those two skills, I just really thought were so important as that, as that, as that principal was talking me through their uh, situation. I was like, oh my gosh, if this EC director, if this EC teacher would have had better training, right? Better understanding of, of how their body language, how their attitude, how their inability to get off their own agenda, regardless if they were right or not. I don't care. It doesn't matter. Now they're in a lawsuit. Regardless if they were right has created a problem. 
And so everybody in your organization needs to be a better communicator and connector <laughs> with your resting bees face. I'll always remember that one now. So what thoughts, what action steps can you take knowing those two things that, you know, connecting uh, begins uh, on other people's agenda, number one, and two, that it goes beyond words. What are some of your thoughts? Go ahead, you can either unmute yourself or drop them in the chat box. I'm really curious to see um, what's, what's one thing that you can try to do differently. Nobody has anything? Uh-oh. It didn't connect very well. Here we go. All right, now they're coming through. The chat's slow today. Tracy's gonna work on her smile. Slow down. Yeah, watch your hand gestures. So what I've what I've heard is they're they're just you know, distracting to some people, right? Or um, sometimes I'll have a pen in my hand and I've been told by my, you know, coach, you got to take the pen out of your hand. You can't have things in your hand, right? You're, you're distracting people. Um, so put your hands in your pocket or, you know, uh, put them to the side, but that's what that stuff will be working on. All right. So based upon your guys' feedback, here's what I came up with. Here's what I came up with. Here's what I would like to do moving forward. This is what I would like to invite all of you to, uh, to your EC, you know, directors, uh, to our Exceptional Children's Collaborative. And what this is going to be um, is going to be an opportunity uh, for the um, either every quarter or the whole year, however you want to participate as an EC director, is, is to continue uh, networking with other leaders in a way where you will do three things. Every quarter, we will visit a school in the region and we will walk through that school and learn specifically from that EC team how they serve students with disabilities, right? How do they meet all of the needs? And we'll, we'll pick, you know, the schools that have the most continuum of, you know, services on their campus. So we'll be able, you know, to see everybody. So every quarter we'll come together, you know, similar to our uh, principals consortium, but it'll just be an EC, you know, only for EC, um, you know, directors and, and any teachers that are part of it. Okay, so that'll be one piece of uh, the program. You know, so the benefit there obviously is, is seeing other, other schools in action and learning directly from those, you know, teams. How do they implement? How do they do all these pieces? How do they serve all these students? What are the programs they use? I think that'll be a huge benefit for um, EC directors. The second piece of the program is going to bring in monthly expert trainers and speakers in the exceptional children's world, just like we've done with, you know, we brought in uh, Brianna and we brought in, I think her name was Tara from, uh, from uh, K-12. Well, we can bring in, you know, folks with EC law and we can bring in, you know, your program developers. And so every single month I'm going to be searching for exceptional children's experts. And maybe those, you know, some of those might be you uh, to come in and, 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 and provide you expert training. The third part of it is going to be a weekly group inner circle. And we have this right now with our principals and it's really, really effective. And what it looks like is that each week at a certain time, and we'll have a couple options, uh, you uh, come in 
and and you're going to be able to collaborate directly with other people in your position at other schools to get the truth and the answers right to get ideas and strategies and to talk through challenges and to talk through problems uh, that you might be having you'll you'll be able to bring your challenges directly to the table and have other ec directors help you think through um, that um, uh, you know like extra piece and then right so that's the that's the networking part of it right so there's a big networking improve your school improve your uh, program and then we have an improve yourself. So you're all going to have access to our online leadership academy, which is going to start with the communication and relationship masterclass. So each of you are going to be expert communicators and relationship builders. So you'll be able to equip your team. And then we have our online leadership academy, which will be about a dozen or 15 uh, archived um, leadership lessons around improving uh, your meetings, improving your uh, coaching skills, um, self-leadership. Uh, time management and all those really key things that EC directors need. And as you guys, you know, participate and say, "Hey, we need training in this," we'll be able to add it, um, you know, to there. So, I would love to invite you all all to this. I would love to start in uh, July, and um, so for a a founding membership is what is what we're you know looking at. So this would be you know over fifty hours throughout the year or more of professional development and networking and you know collaboration. It's probably more like a hundred hours. Um, and I know that seems like a lot, right, for you to be able to do. Uh, but my goal is those one hundred hours saves you five hundred hours and all sorts of things on the back end over your time. Um, you could just join the online leadership academy and get those you know leadership lessons and have them for a lifetime access. Uh, or you can join our, um, you know, collaborative. So for a whole year of membership, um, it's pretty much the cost of probably your EC conference, right? And I think your EC conference is probably close to $400 per person. So we're going to do that for $399 for the entire year. So that, so you're going to get access to all the, all the leadership training, all the expert speakers, participate in, in quarterly uh, best practice site visits of schools, and um, also have have the weekly collaboration opportunity. So uh, I'm going to send you this via email, and uh, I know that that you know that the power of 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 the group there's such great power and proximity uh, that for you to be able to talk to other EC directors who are you know facing the same challenges that you are on a weekly basis. <laughs> is going to help you tremendously solve problems and serve you know students and i you know like at a time i don't have an hour believe me you invest this hour per week and you're going to save five hours a week and that means you're going to be able to go home at a reasonable time and you're going to be able to be with your family and be with your kids or work out or whatever that you've been aiming to do with all that time that you don't have so i'm going to I'm going to send that to you guys. I'm going to keep that open um, through the holiday. Uh, but my goal is to kick off um, probably the second or third week of July uh, so we can get rip roaring. That's when the master class for communication is going to start. So um, I don't know if you have any questions about it. Tracy said she's going to send, send us something to the, uh, about the estate funds as well. So uh, I love it, Maxine. Yep. Cool. So what thoughts or questions do you have either on the program or on, or on what we talked about uh, today? Does that sound like a good 
you know, development program, something you guys might be interested in. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like you guys got to have conversation moving forward. And if we can bring in experts to be able to fill the exceptional children's part, we could do the leadership training um, and to help, help everybody think through and really grow themselves. So that's going to be great. Okay. Email Steve right now. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. It'll be really similar to what the teacher leader Academy go through. And then what we can look at is if you've got some teachers on your staff that would benefit from some of the communication and the classes, we can look at bringing them in at a, at a much lower rate as well. So they can get the training too, but the goal is to build you so you can build them. So, all right, well, listen, everybody, have a great rest of your June. Uh, I hope to see you on the other side of, of, of the month. And if you have any questions about it, you know, feel free to email me. Um, I feel this is going to be a great opportunity. And we're going to keep that uh, $399 price open um, through the holiday. So we'll have probably to the end of the second week of uh, July. And after that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bump it up. Uh, to $499. So you'll save a hundred bucks if you're able to do it uh, by then. So, and maybe you can use the, uh, this year's money, Tracy. I don't know, but we can get it done by the end of the year. We can get you invoiced, you know, by then put it on this year's uh, fiscal year. And then you don't even have to worry about it if it's available. So thanks everybody. Thanks for everything that you do. Uh, if you have any questions, you can email me at Tom at lbleaders.com. I look forward to seeing you in our founding EC director collaborative. Bye everyone.